0: It's trade rumor season in the NBA, so how much flexibility do the Pelicans have with the NBA's luxury tax, and how might it influence what they do at the deadline? I'll break that down and positions they will be targeting at the trade deadline in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the Daily Podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcast and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this podcast. Tuesday, one more day till we get to the Pelicans nationally televised game against the Golden State Warriors. We'll talk a little bit more about that game in tomorrow's show and we'll recap it on Thursday. But I want to get into trade talk, trade rumors. We'll talk more about this in tomorrow's show as well, because as we gear up towards the NBA's trade deadline, we're getting close to when teams are going to be making moves and we want to know what the Pelicans are going to be doing. So we're going to kind of cover it all here. The NBA's trade deadline, by the way, It is Thursday, February 8th, so we're about a month away or so, a little bit under that. So we'll cover why the Pelicans might make a move, positions they want to target, but more importantly, their salary cap situation, because that's going to frame everything that we look at. You can't discuss trade scenarios, guys they might go after players they might even sign without looking at where they stand in relation to the salary cap. We'll break it down for you in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. If your team wins, visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, coming to you like nobody else does, breaking down the topics you want to know, and we're going to cover the salary cap here today. So tell a friend about the show, subscribe, become an everyday or listen Monday through Friday so you never miss an episode. This episode is going to be important because it's going to frame every sort of trade discussion talk that we have. So let's get into the luxury text and kind of explain it a little bit. The NBA salary cap is kind of tiered. It's a little bit different than the NFL's. There's a soft cap and a hard cap. There's also other additional thresholds in there. We don't need to get into all of that right now. The one that you care about right now is the luxury tax. When you go over a certain amount of payroll, and this year, it's basically 165.25, dollars uh, 165300000 million, essentially. When you go above that, you get taxed. And for the Pelicans, given where they are, there's kind of a scale to it. For every dollar they're over that, they need to pay an additional one and a half dollars. So it can get very steep. The Pelicans, by the way, are one of two franchises in NBA history to never pay the luxury tax. So this is something they try and avoid. Currently, as it stands like as of today... There are 10 teams in the luxury tax, the Pelicans being one of them. Now, the Lakers and Pelicans can easily duck it. And let's just pretend for a moment that they do. That means there's eight teams in the luxury tax. And that comes to about $520 million in luxury tax payments. The way this works is... The remaining teams, so 22 other teams, split half of the luxury tax payment. So about 260 million dollars gets paid out equally to 22 teams. That's about 11 and 11.8 million dollars for each team. So where the Pelicans are right now, I jumped ahead, which I didn't mean to do. Their tax bill, they're they're 2.9, uh, 2.936 million over the luxury tax line. The Pelicans' luxury tax bill comes to about. million on top of paying that basically $3 million in salary tax, right? Gail Benson is rich, so she and the team should just pay that, right? Not so easy because there is more to it. So again if you have 8 teams in the luxury tax paying 520 million 260 million can get paid out to 22 teams 11.8 million to each team so if the pelicans duck the luxury tax let's say they get right under that right they not only save 4.404 million dollars they also get that 11.8 which comes to around 16. million for the team if they duck the luxury tax. For a small market team, that's significant. You know, it might not mean much for a team like the Lakers, but the Pelicans, yes, absolutely. So when we look at what they might do around the NBA's trade deadline, I still think ducking the luxury tax is going to be something that they're going to look to do just because there's so much money on the line. It is certainly easy just to say, pay it. It's not my money. I think the team should pay it every year. I truly mean that. But if you're looking at it in relation to what they might do, if they don't get that $16.22 million coming in, does that mean they need to skimp elsewhere? Is that money they might rely on? And certainly for a smaller market team that is facing a little bit of uncertainty when it comes to money coming in due to Bally Sports and kind of the collapse of the Diamond Sports Group, that could be a problem. So I think they may need that money and that's something that we need to consider when looking at everything that they're doing here. So yes, When you look at it, you know, they're over the luxury tax line because of Kyra Lewis Jr. If you like this team, but you're not playing Kyra Lewis Jr., it's probably not worth foregoing $16.22 million. Let's call it $16 million to make the numbers easy here. So, they might look to try and do that, and it might be the prudent move so that it doesn't impact the team in a negative aspect elsewhere. That's partially speculation. I couldn't say for sure if it will, but it's something that's worth keeping in mind when it looks to it. You can't just you know, go and sign a player, right? One of the things that we wanna look at when we're discussing kind of moves this team might make is they have an open roster spot. There's only 14 guys on the roster. We've talked about maybe Matt Ryan could be a guy they signed to a full NBA deal. But even if you sign him on the vet minimum, it's not just the salary you need to pay, which would be prorated at this point, but it's also going to go into the luxury tax. So that jumps you above that 4.404 million that they're paying. That would be more. And you lose that other money. So you've got to factor all of those things in there. Too. So it's important when you're discussing any trade rumors and targets for the Pelicans and other moves that they might make. So I think they they feel they can be competitive here, right? This team has looked good. You know, do you want to just, well, do you want to make a trade that kind of takes you back if it's just to save money? I don't think that's the direction the Pelicans necessarily want to go. But there is something happening right now, which might be a first for this team, something we've never really seen the past couple of years. Let's look at that coming up here next in the next segment in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, I want to tell you about BetterHelp, and this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Look, therapy can be important for growing as a person, and you don't need to just experience major trauma, have some major life event or something negative happen to you to benefit from therapy. Maybe you just want to be the best version of yourself, learn positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, just basically be the best version of you in 2024. You don't need something bad to have happened. So if you want to improve as a person, BetterHelp is a great way to try and do it. And what I love, and I've used BetterHelp before, is that it's entirely online and designed to work around your schedule. I don't have time to drive to a doctor's office, to sit in a waiting room, then go in, then drive home. I'm busy. I do this show for y'all. We go to games, right? I have other jobs that I do as well. I need to be able to just hop more or less on a Zoom call, even though it's not through Zoom, and just speak to someone, get what I need, and get on with my day. And BetterHelp can do that. Again, it's designed to be entirely convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And you just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you don't like them, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So celebrate progress you've already made and work towards making more progress by visiting betterhelp.com slash locked on MBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp slash locked on MBA again to get 10% off your first month with better help. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast. Coming to y'all like nobody else is, breaking down the numbers behind the salary cap, explaining why it's important. We can pretend this is NBA 2K and that money doesn't matter. And we can just go throw trades around and talk about all that, kind of chase names, chase SEO, and try and get people on the show. But you need to know the kind of why behind the Pelicans thinking and why they might make certain moves. I'll probably joke around and we'll probably put trade rumors in a a title or something. It's probably coming soon, maybe even as soon as this week, maybe as soon as tomorrow, just to have a little bit of fun with it. But when you look at it, you need to understand the salary cap stuff behind it. That's why we led with that in the first segment of today's show. I think it's like the biggest thing. If you were to get one thing, one takeaway from today's show, it's where they stand in terms of the salary cap and how it might impact how they operate at the February 8th trade deadline. So subscribe, by the way, to Locked On Pelicans, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. If you're an everydayer, comment down below. If you're not, try and become an everydayer. Or if you listen two days a week, listen three days a week. We're going to be covering everything you need to know about this team. This team looks really good right now. So I've done this podcast for over eight years. I've been covering the team for like 12, 13 years at this point, basically credentialed for all of that. We're going through a period right now where I don't think we've ever seen this before with the Pelicans. And that's them not really being attached to any sort of big name players, right? We just had that trade of OG and Anobi to the New York Knicks. The Pelicans weren't linked with him whatsoever, despite having offers made in years past to him, which happened. Why aren't they linked to any of the big names? And that's something that kind of surprised me here. So part of it is, look, they're over the luxury tax. If they don't feel that they are truly a contender right now, do they want to... Pay for it. You know, if this team thinks they're second round at best, is it, is they're thinking of we'll just try and save money and we'll try and kind of get better next year and then maybe pay the luxury tax next year after we've made a bigger addition that we feel can put us over the edge and make us true contenders? So if they're just trying to kind of, in a sense, be cheap right? They kind of know the limit of their team. They don't feel they're true conference finalists save some money. Look, I get it. That's a lot. $16 million probably isn't worth it for Kyrie Lewis Jr. Make some sort of trade, take maybe a small step back and move on. So I think the salary cap and being in the luxury tax and given that they've never paid it before, do you want to pay it for this roster versus another roster that you could pay it for? I think is keeping them out of trade rumors, out of trade talks. The other side of that too is, the trade assets they have are kind of dwindling a little bit. Some of them are kind of starting to expire and not look nearly as good. Those Lakers picks didn't work out exactly in the way that we had hoped. You know, the Milwaukee Bucks picks were kind of a gamble with the Drew Holiday trade. Now that Giannis has signed an extension, now that they have Damian Lillard, those don't look nearly as good as before. So they, this team that once had kind of all of the assets to go make any move, to go get any player don't exactly have all of the assets anymore. And that's certainly a factor. They're just not a team that you can use as leverage in negotiations as much because some of the assets don't look as good. And if you were to link the Pelicans to maybe a certain player, and they still have the assets to go and get real good guys, don't get me wrong. You know, you might, other GMs might be like, you're lying, whatever, and kind of laugh you off. And that's why you're not seeing things linked to try and kind of drum up interest in certain players here. The other part of it is, look, the roster seems kind of good right they've had a couple of statement wins you just went up 50 points against a good Sacramento Kings team on the road shutting down De'Aaron Fox and Arguably I think that was the lowest uh he's ever scored in an NBA game of just 3 points right you gave Luka Doncic one of his five worst games in his career he's you know In the MVP running every year, you've beaten good teams in the Minnesota Timberwolves. You've beaten the Denver Nuggets. You went up 18 before losing to the Denver Nuggets too in another game. This team has some very quality wins. So if they think this roster seems good, and look, J.J. Redick on his Old Man in the Three podcast just talked about how he feels they are contenders Him and Tim Legler were on there discussing it, saying that if you get the best version of Zion, this is a contending team and could be like a dark horse team to make it to the NBA Finals to win the West. If you think this team's good, don't rock the boat, right? Certainly try and get better, but you've found kind of a lot of magic over the past couple of weeks, right? Defensively, this team has been good and locked in and elite all season long they have the six best defense right now in the league they're finding a rhythm on offense when the ball is moving when they are kind of taking what the team you know opponents give them and let the ball do the work in a sense there's a lot of talent here they're finding the right balance of cj McCollum working better off ball being your third option zion and bi being your playmakers with the starters they've gotten shooting back and Trey murphy other guys are hitting their shots because cj's taking more you know, spot up threes than he has before. And everything's just kind of clicking right now. This is a team that is kind of developing and is trending towards having a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense. And in theory, if things go real well, could get maybe close to top five in both of those categories. If they finish sixth best in defense and like seventh best on offense, that's a really good mark to have. Those are things you want. So with this team potentially being a contender, Why rock the boat with chemistry? When you look at some of the lineups, when you look at some of the minutes that these guys are playing in, they're winning those things right now. And that's working for this team, right? Jose Alvarado has been an impactful player this season for him. Same with Najee Marshall, same with Trey Murphy. I'm looking at the on-off numbers right now for him. And this team looks very good and very sharp. So they might feel they just don't need to make a trade right now. And combine it with the fact that you'd like to duck the luxury tax, that actually puts them in a very good position to be flexible and kind of wait till maybe this offseason where they feel some teams are going to start getting scared off by the new collective bargaining agreement and some of the stiffer penalties of the teams that are currently paying the luxury tax. That's another reason to kind of avoid it. We've talked about that if you're in everyday or during the off season here and why maybe you don't want to start kind of clock ticking on that just yet when some teams are going to have to blow up their rosters and get rid of some very talented players because the collective bargaining agreement, basically what governs how you build a team and the salary cap structure means you can no longer keep some of these guys, right? Could they, in theory, not that they'd want to do this, right? And just to put a name for fun out there, A Clay Thompson this offseason He looks washed, I don't know if that's the right move But it's very realistic that maybe The Warriors get rid of him and You can go get Clay Thompson For like nothing right now And that maybe is a move That puts them over the edge here This coming offseason, so they might be Just trying to time it, so when you Look at all of that, it's no real surprise That the Pelicans aren't in Trade rumors like they have been in the past Just the salary cap situation You know, with the luxury tax in them, probably trying to avoid it. Again, you could pay $4 million more, $4.5 million more. Or get $16 million, right? Like, it seems like a no-brainer of a choice here. So that's an important thing to kind of keep in mind. The assets are kind of dwindling. They definitely need to do something with those. And if those assets aren't that good, do you need to pony up more to go get a better player? Or would it be better to just use one of those Bucks picks to dump Kyra Lewis Jr.? Save some money. He's making five point something million dollars this year. Let me pull up what his salary is. And that can kind of impact things too. Kyra Lewis Jr. is making $5.7 million this year they're essentially three million dollars over the luxury tax you dump him you don't bring any salary back let's say hypothetically right that say puts you 1.7 million dollars under the luxury tax threshold that's enough to sign Matt Ryan to that spot and maybe an additional other player too is that maybe the move so I don't find it surprising that the Pelicans aren't actively here in all of this, right? This team is good. I saw a lot of people after that New York Knicks trade going and getting OG Ananobi, who's a fine player, but kind of jack of all trades, master of none. Is that exactly what the Pelicans need? And I don't think that it is. So rather than forcing a move, paying the luxury tax, and then dealing with the second apron is what it's called when, you know, likely next season then when you get a guy like that, the Pelicans are trusting their roster, realizing they're actually good here and not making a move. So it is a little bit strange that they're not included in any of the trade rumors. Normally, they're that team that gives you a ton of leverage. But when someone who's super smart like J.J. Redick says, maybe this team's a contender. You know, if Zion kind of puts it together and Zion has been putting it together, I definitely think that, you know, they don't need to make a move. Save the money, upgrade this offseason, and then your window is truly open because it's going to be closing for some of these other teams you know, the Celtics are eventually going to have to blow up their team. They've been the best team in the league thus far, right? There's a cap on what the Bucs are going to be able to do too. You know, when you look at the Denver Nuggets, they're in the luxury tax. When you look at some of the other teams in the luxury tax too, you know, those are franchises like the Clippers that is that going to be sustainable for them long-term? And I'm not sure that it is, right? The Suns have a luxury tax of $50.7 million, their combined payroll and luxury tax payment is $237.5 million. Is that sustainable for them, right? So you look at some of these teams, you know, and maybe you just try and wait them out. You know, is the experiment working for the Phoenix Suns? I'm not sure. So I think you're seeing the Pelicans be patient and just not going to be, you know, the players that they have been or linked to in the past. Normally we get a ton of rumors. makes my life really easy. But... I think they're looking to just maybe tweak around the edge, save a little bit of money, and that's what they're looking to do. You know, We've seen people say, like, go get a move, go do something. This team's good right now. Let's see what they have here. This is your year to figure that out, and if it doesn't truly work, you can retool everything this offseason so you don't need to kind of make any sort of short-sighted aggressive move right now, and I think that's one of the reasons why maybe things are a little bit quiet on the trade front when it comes to the Pelicans in terms of big-name players. Doesn't mean they don't want to make moves or make changes, though. So let's talk about it. I got three positions they'd like to maybe add a piece to, even if it's not a big name piece or kind of the difference maker that you think. Let's look at positions they want to target, they'd like to upgrade. Coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about FanDuel. Right, the NFL regular season is done, but the playoffs are about to be underway. NBA is going on right now, so it's the best time to get in on the action with FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. It's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Any bet, five bucks, win or lose you get 150 bucks. You basically won that bet with $150 in bonus bets. And what I love about FanDuel is the app is super easy to use. They have all of the betting options that I'm looking for. Spreads, player props, over-unders. My favorite are the parlays. Bet a little bit, get a bigger payout when multiple things hit. And you can even find parlays in the Parlay Hub. So you can find popular parlays that people who know things are jumping on. You can also get in on live in-game betting and find new bets in the Explore tab. So visit fanduel.com/lockedon and make your first bet a layup. Again, that's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose, with a five dollar bet. Fanduel's official partner of the NFL and the official sportsbook of Locked On. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast coming to y'all like nobody else does. Look, we'll be a little bit cheeky. We'll have a little bit of fun. We'll put trade rumors in a title, something like that. And we'll look at some names that I think the Pelicans could go after. I'm going to be curious. I've got the name already. We'll probably do this in tomorrow's show. So if you want to be coming every day or tomorrow's a great day to start listening for the second show in a row. Because we're going to go over a couple of positions here, and you'll see how the names that I'm going to say in tomorrow's show tie into all of this, right? There are positions the Pelicans want to upgrade, and I think there's three main areas. Two, they've already kind of talked about. This offseason, they talked about how they wanted to add more shooting to this team. Trey Murphy coming back from injury kind of does it right Matt Ryan had done that as well for the team so did Jordan Hawkins so I think they feel good in terms of shooting you'd like maybe another shooter if you could get another athletic wing that shoots and defends easier said than done because everyone wants those guys in the NBA that would be an ideal kind of player for this team just a little bit more depth there maybe someone they trust a little bit more so than Jordan Hawkins that you feel comfortable playing in crunch time minutes or in a close game and you're not worried about the defense or them making a mistake might be better to develop Jordan Hawkins instead of whatever that potential player could be we'll give you some names in like tomorrow's show and stuff something to kind of keep in mind more shooting is never a bad thing we've seen how important the spacing is with Zion Williamson with Brandon Ingram CJ working in more of a spacing role this season than he has before we've argued and said and there'll be another show on this of should Trey Murphy be starting over Herb Jones let me know what you think about that in the comments down below so more shooting is never going to be a bad thing the other area that they've talked about is rim protection they'd like more rim protection I think this is kind of falling down a little bit more in terms of like the pecking order or like hierarchy of needs when it comes to this team the defense is good the defense is good when Jonas Valchunas is even on the court He's not a rim protector, but with Larry Nance Jr. playing at such a high level right now, you know the way you keep teams from shooting at the rim, scoring at the rim, is you just don't let them into the paint. When they don't get into the paint, do you need a rim protector? This has been their MO for the past couple of years. Some people don't like this, and they'll point to the fact that teams shoot a high percentage at the rim against the Pelicans. That doesn't really matter to me as much when it's on such low volume, which is what's happening this season with the Pelicans. They've just, again, straight up been good defensively. And so if teams aren't shooting at the rim, well, I'm not as worried about it, right? Teams are only shooting 31% of their shots at the rim. That's eighth best in the league this season. Now they're 26th in the league when it comes to Percentage like uh, field goal percentage of the rim sixty seven point five but that's even down from last season when they were thirty when you just limit it like that it doesn't actually hurt you as much because they're also then limiting three point attempts and being uh, doing a very good job of contesting all those because guys are out there on the perimeter right in terms of. Three-point percentage against the Pelicans, The teams, opponents are shooting 34.1%. That's fourth best in the league. They've done a good job the past two seasons of doing all of that. The defense is good. I just don't see as much of a need for a rim protector right now when the defense is working as is. When you can upgrade in other areas, I'd rather add more shooting and a guy that Willie Green is going to play than really change much on the defense that... Again, they're elite. They're the sixth best. What do you What do you need to change there, right? Why invest your resources in that if it moves you from sixth to fourth, if it would even do that? And I don't think that adding a backup rim protector, not even a starter necessarily, would do. So I think they're good in that regard. If you can get it, if you have a guy like that, right? Like the, the idealized version, and he's not good and you don't want to do that now, would be like Nerland's Noel. I don't think that's really what you need to invest resources in, use a first round pick on or anything like that. You know, so I just don't think that's an area they need to upgrade. The other area that I think you could really look at here is a point guard, but not in the sense of what you're probably thinking. A lot of people have said they need a true point. They need to get a Chris Paul, something like that. No, I don't think they need a starting point guard. Brandon Ingram, as you saw the playmaking against the... Sacramento Kings can do that at a high level. Zion does it with his court gravity and can make the right read and can make most of the passes too. CJ can do it with some of the backups, I think, a little bit. But what would, what about if none of those guys are out there or if you have just one of those guys out there, right? One of the reasons that they're working so well is there's multiple threats that are multiple creators out on the court right now. If you only have one of those three, Zion, CJ, or B.I., you have fewer creators out there, and that can lead to some stagnant offense when you're running lineups with Najee Marshall, with Dyson Daniels, and B.I. and Valentinus out there, and pick your fourth guy, right? Trey Murphy, let's say. You need another creator out there, I think, and that's something that I feel the Pelicans could upgrade on. So you're looking at a backup point guard, not a starting point guard, a guy that can kind of run with some mixed second unit lineups. And I don't mean the entirety of the second unit. This is called a rotation for a reason, right? How often are they trotting out a lineup of just five backup players? And truth be told, it's really not very often at all. It's not even in their like 10 most used lineups or anything like that. So you don't need it just to run with the backups. You need it to just augment Brandon Ingram supplement Zion Williamson, take some pressure off CJ McCollum as another creator. If you get Chris Paul at a minimum to come off the bench and work in that role? Yeah, that I think would work. But when you look at some of the lineups and minutes and things like that, and let me see if I can pull this up really, really quickly here. I'm pulling up how many minutes they've played where Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum and Zion Williamson aren't on the court here. And I don't think this is going to be like very high at all. Let's see here. Um, as I wait for it to do it, this is what happens when I don't pull up the stats ahead of time. The The most used lineup here you go is Jose Alvarado, Dyson Daniels, Jordan Hawkins, Najee Marshall, and Cody Zeller. You also have one that's similar here of Matt Ryan, Dyson Daniels, Hawkins, Herb Jones, and Jonas Valanciunas. Combined, combined those lineups have played 25 possessions. Tw- 25 possessions. That's not happening very often, so you don't need a lineup, you know, a guy that will really go out there and kind of run with the second unit. It's just to help BI, help Zion, help CJ McCollum. And I think that's what you're really... Looking for right that's where I think a backup point guard and I have a specific name in mind Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube If you think you can guess it he should be available and would be perfect for this team would be perfect for a lot of teams That's the type of guy that I would look to use to kind of Help take the pressure off some of those guys and be a secondary creator even though they're the point guard alongside one of the starters and then three other guys as well that aren't you know, CJBI, Zion, something like that. That's a position that I think could be one of the biggest needs and really help elevate them. The defense has been good no matter what. That's why I'm not interested in rim protector. The offense goes through spurts, and Willie Green kind of goes through some weird things that he does. So you want... In that case, another backup point guard, another point guard to kind of be a creator for other guys to set them up, just like the starters are doing right now and doing a very good job of it and while you're seeing the Pelicans kind of take off. So in tomorrow's show, we'll go over some of those names. If you have trade targets that you're interested in, let me know in the comments down below. I'll take a look. Maybe we'll include those in tomorrow's show. So is your chance to influence tomorrow's episode of Locked on Pelicans, so you want to become an everydayer of the show and subscribe to locked on Pelicans, wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Show's doing great right now. It's because of your fan base. Maybe I'll share some kind of behind the scenes, locked on numbers, some really cool stuff that got told to me in tomorrow's show with you. This is why I always thank y'all say you make the show what it is. I'll share some of what I can with some of that stuff. You don't need all the inside stuff, but really interesting, cool things to see that should make you proud to be a Pelicans fan and of the fan base that you're a part of. So that'll also be in tomorrow's show just a little bit It's kind of like a thank you for all of y'all so that's going to do it for this episode of locked on pelicans as always i'm your host jake madison at nola jake on twitter we are part of the locked on podcast network your team every day some trade target names in tomorrow's show and i'll see y'all then